0: Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. All the graduates prayed in, in the afternoon. I shouldn't find that funny. No, but I do. Welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to our Henry Jameson episode, where we will be talking about Henry Jameson's new album, The Years, uh, which Nate will have to give some context at the beginning here, because I've done very little research. But Nate brought Henry Jameson to my attention. He brought this album to my attention. And so what I would like to do at the top here is just ask Nate, Nate, how did you find Henry Jameson what do you know about Henry Jameson and any other context that would help us get into talking about this album?
1: Yeah, so I think just in terms of predicting what the episode will look like, just to give you all some heads up, Andrew and I, these conversations we've been having about albums recently and that we plan on doing the future in the future, very natural yeah. in the sunset we're not really um manipulating anything we haven't like planned to go a certain way or whatever it's just like whatever happens happens so the way i'm guessing this conversation will go even though i'm not sure yeah is andrew will probably kind of give you that perspective of first time listener to henry jameson what's like initial reactions initial things that jump out and me, I'll probably be a little more comparative to past records. Uh talking about all right, like, so how does this compare to the sophomore record? How does this compare to the debut yep. record? Yep. So let's talk just very briefly about that debut and sophomore record. Yep. Um I first discovered Henry Jameson by being told by our lovely friend Kevin a lot of Yes. Kevin just finds his way into most episodes. Um, Do
0: you think if people don't know who our friend Kevin is, they think that we have like a mutual uh, made-up friend? Because I feel like the times we mention our friend Kevin, it almost (laughs) sounds too good to be true. Like, yeah, your friend Kevin listens to all this good music and keeps like pointing you in directions that you go with the podcasts and stuff. Like, it almost doesn't sound like our friend Kevin is a real person.
1: Or, I think that, first off, that's a wonderful um, conspiracy theory. Yeah. Another one is we talk about how, like, great of a friend this guy is, and how important he is to our music conversations and everything, and it's like, well, why isn't he a part of the podcast? Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he's not even our friend. Mm -hmm. Maybe (laughs) it's just a guy we steal music suggestions from who we actually hate. I feel like this is also Nate's angle is to
0: drop the our friend Kevin so much that everyone demands for Kevin to be on the podcast and Nate edges me out and he's like, Sorry, the people want you gone. Yes. And even though they won't specifically say I want Andrew gone, no that's they'll how say Nate takes it. they probably will. They'll they'll say that. Well they're not they'll gonna just... say I want Nate gone. No That's they not gonna say that.
1: happen. Um, yeah. They might say I want Nate dead <laughs> like I want him gone, gone. But like, they won't dead ask end me off gone. the pod. Yeah, yeah. But they're not just gonna say off the podcast. No. That's not enough. That's not enough for them. No. <laughs> so I meant you know, honestly, like we could use some haters. Like I any really type kinda, of. Pa- yeah, let's like, get some passion here.
0: When people thank the haters, the problem is we could thank them, but I don't think we have haters yet. No. So we're just thanking people who don't exist, at least currently for us. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I've been listening for four minutes and I hate this, please tell us. We want to know you're a hater. Rub it in our face. We would deeply appreciate that hate. And Um, now
1: back to the podcast. So our friend Kevin, who may or may not exist. May or may not exist. May or may not be in the band Valley Heart. (laughs) May or may not... Be on an upcoming episode. Who knows? We yeah. legitimately have not figured that out yet. We, yeah. I was thinking, Andrew, we do need to jump on that if we want to do that, um, which I obviously do. But anyways, so Kevin told me about Henry Jameson back in 2017 when his yes. debut record, The Wilds, came out, and the way it was kind of pitched is, um, or was, he's a singer songwriter who just does some crazy production stuff. And so you listen to... I mean, if you haven't listened to that record, go back and listen, especially the first like four or five tracks, which will really give you a feel for his style and the rest of the record. Mm -hmm. It's both like very simple and acoustic guitar driven while also extremely atmospheric and synth and production driven um, it's just such a beautiful marriage of the two those two elements where it feels like a guy playing a acoustic guitar by a campfire also, like, this, like, extremely expensive studio production of, like, wicked intense and confusingly named synths and drum, uh, like, what do you call those? Drum patches and, like, everything. It's, it's combining the simple and the complex in just a really digestible way, I would say. And so... Love The Wilds, incredible record. I think um, if you like Henry Jameson, the, this record, new record, The Years, you have to go back and listen to The Wilds. Mm-hmm. Then he released Gloria Duplex, which I'll end up talking about a little bit. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, this was one of those, I'm not sure if I really like this artist anymore type of records for me and a lot like there was some the singles i thought were pretty solid but it was such so the first record the wilds was like both light and heavy at the same time, like talking about relationships, talking about falling in love, talking about heartbreak, but also it's just like casual and vivid storytelling and all this stuff, which was so easy to listen to. Gloria Duplex, it felt like you're being preached at almost. Mm -hmm. It felt like these like Ted talks in music form. And I'm not saying that like the messages were bad or anything. I'm just saying it's tough when you go from a record that's so light and vivid to something that's so like heavy and dense and talking down to you or talking at you. Um, and who knows, maybe a lot of people love that record, but I think it was a big turnoff for me. And so I didn't even know the record we're talking about, the years came out until Mm -hmm. after it came out because I wasn't really like keeping up to date with him. So I honestly, I don't even know what the singles were from the record. I think from Spotify, when I was like looking to add a song to our songs of the year playlist, I think I saw witness trees might be, have been a single, but I don't know what the singles are. And so I gave it a listen with really low expectations, and now I'll let you know what I think. After yeah. I let you, you let us know. The guy with no expectations, yeah. potentially, or maybe yeah. some expectations, what you thought.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Nate, when he sent him to me, uh, was basically like, "Hey, uh, let's do this album." I think. As long as you basically like his voice, you should like the instrumentation was kind of how Nate proposed it. Um, and so listen to like 30 seconds and was like, yeah, this sounds great. Like, sounds like something I would like. Um, so kind of right away, starting on like a good base of like, yeah, I feel like I'll like this. It didn't sound, um, too weird or out there. Um... So I'm going to give some quick thoughts and then I want to have a quick conversation because this was just kind of stirring in my head uh, here today as I was thinking about this album. So I really like this album, actually. I think it's really good. I think every song is really well written, really really well produced. Um, I actually can't pick any parts of the album that I could see improvement from like I really feel like it's all great I like the album artwork I love his voice I love mm. the guitaring I love the piano um, he doesn't get too loud in it but when he does in, in a song like Fanfare which is probably the loudest on the album um, he does it really well um, to me it's actually interesting because I didn't know Kevin told you about him initially but uh, in my head I was like he was a mixture of of Kevin's uh, solo stuff that he's put out in the past and, like, a Tyson Motzenbacher a little bit. Like, in, like, a song like Fanfare, the louder he gets, I would say, it almost hits some of those Tyson. Um, But, again, it is singer-songwriter, so kind of fits those vibes. Um, There's also some S. Carey vibes there. I would even say how he plays the guitar is more reminiscent of S. Carey's um, 100 Acres album, um, than his new album but um, but yeah just anything that kind of fits that acoustic piano singer-songwriter I think he's extremely good at what he does now that's what brings me to a thing I want to kind of mention and get your thoughts on so I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about metal and we were talking about one band um, that neither of us really cared for and I told him, I was like, honestly, I don't listen to much metal now. If you're not going to do something really interesting, I don't have time for it. Like, mm. I almost want you to be a really weird band or I'm not interested. Now, that's in the context of metal. um, But still, I think that that underlying tone of, like, I need you to do something interesting... I think I actually kind of work that way in music. Like if it really sounds like something I've heard done before, I'm more likely to just kind of shrug it off, right? Um mm-hmm. so this is going to initially sound like a shot at Henry Jameson and and just follow through so you know that it's not. Um I don't think they're for me. I don't think there's anything on this album that I haven't heard before. Um, And again, that's where it sounds like a shot. But here's what I'm going to say. I think he does it better than a lot of the artists that I've heard do similar things. And even though he's in a style that I know a ton of bands maybe in that same style, um, he separates himself, I would say, from the pack in just how strong he is in every element. So, whether it's vocals, guitar, lyrics, uh, I mean, vocals and melodies, I guess, count, but I think he has very strong melodies, um, production, um, and stuff. It's not... There's really nothing that's crazy weird. Um, but But, yeah, I just think... I don't know. He does it so well. And so he is almost an exception to me in that sense of like, I'm very interested in what he's doing. And even right away, listening to it, I knew it wasn't going to be kind of way out there, but I was still interested. I don't know. I'm kind of talking this out with you. I wanted to get your perspective on that. Am I I being too harsh by saying that he doesn't do anything that I haven't heard? Um, Or do you agree with some of the Thoughts of, like, even if it's not mind-blowing new stuff, it's still incredible.
1: Yeah, so I have a ton of different thoughts, and I know I'm going to forget, like, half of them. So let me try and get these two thoughts out, Mm -hmm. which I already just forgot the one. All right, well, let me get the one thought out, and then I'll see if I can remember the others. So you talked about metal and how... If nothing's like absolutely mind numbingly or mind blowingly like new and incredible or out of this world, genre breaking, whatever, however you want to define that, then you're not going to really care about it that much or however you want to phrase that. I'm I mean in terms of metal music like I'm with you man like mm-hmm. I could not care if you showed me a really solid metal project like I couldn't give two poops about it to be honest. Yeah. But I did at some point. Mm-hmm. And that was I don't know when I was 15, 16, 17 like that range.
0: Yeah.
1: For me metal music at that time played like a crucial role and my music listening journey or however you want to phrase that because it hit me where I was like at that point it was like the type of music the type of aesthetic the type Mm of energy that I needed the lyrics like hit me in powerful Mm ways even though they weren't maybe special at times though some projects obviously were special Mm -hmm. for me I connected with it and I think regardless of whether I think this record is groundbreaking or not, I will say it hits me at where I am right Mm. now. And I think the lyrics are just extremely relatable, extremely um, simultaneously, like really specific and also like can connect to extremely easily. Um, They're honest, vulnerable Unlike the last record, he comes to this record saying, I don't have all the answers, kind yeah. of, which I think is really awesome yeah. um, and makes me gravitate towards it a little yeah. more. OK, I remember the second point I wanted to make when I was talking to Kevin about this record. Yeah, because we, we talk, we've talked about it a little bit. The, I listened to the first few songs and I said to him something like, I think the songs are really solid. But like nothing like blows my mind like The Wilds did, his first record. Yeah. Cuz that record like blew my mind and yeah. it still does at certain points. If you if there's one song, if you're listening right now and there's one song you want to listen to to get the vibes of the re- of The Wilds or Be blown away by, listen to Through a Glass. It's one of my favorite songs of all time, not even hi- being hyperbolic there. One of my favorite songs of all time. It's, you actually showed me that song. I might have. I probably I did. Think
0: I know that song, but I think that's the only... Because I went back and was looking, and I was like, okay, I think I actually know this song.
1: Yeah, it's just the best. So, so good. I listened to this album, and I was like, oh, nothing blows my mind. Like that one track, or a, a few of the tracks, or maybe the whole project, blew my mind back in 2017. Mm-hmm. But for me... There's, I, yeah, I have the two other points I wanted to make really quickly. For me, I'm at the point right now in my music listening where I don't need my mind blown. Yeah. I want records to serve a purpose. Yeah. And so for me, there's like this huge wheel of purposes for Mm -hmm. records. Yeah. And, Some records I really want to like expand me, show me something I've never heard before. Mm -hmm. But some records I just want to find like they're relatable and I know them and I feel like I understand them from the jump. Yeah. And I just like them. Yeah. And I can like grow in that familiarity even though I'm familiar at the start. Um, And so this is my last point. Sorry for talking so long. No, you're good. I talked plenty long. (laughs) I think there's also something special about, for me, being a Henry Jameson fan before this, Mm -hmm. where I feel that relational tug almost. Which I think it would be interesting if at some point later on we talked about that thought process of the relationality of records Um, but this is somebody Henry Jameson who I fell in love with and fell out of love with and now am like falling back in love again and so like that that. process is just uh, it just kind of it's special, and yeah. so for me, I love that I know his voice, and I know his mm-hmm. at least aspects of who he is through his lyrics, mm-hmm. and to to reunite. And, yeah, I just think, from my perspective, it's just like totally different in that way, even if it's not as mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for instance, of artists we've talked about in the past, the two new page of the Line Records. I feel like are nowhere near as good as Blanco, for me. Yeah, Blanco is one of my favorite records of all time. But it's about like talk listening to Bazan. Yeah. like it's about hearing his voice. It's about yep. hearing his story because I yep. care about him. Yeah, and so I think that's a huge difference in what we were where we were coming from for yeah. sure. Yep. So f- for actual specifics, I think. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you about yeah. is is the vocals right away, yes. because I think he has actually. An, we we're talking about haven't heard before, or heard before. Yeah. I actually do think he's a really unique vocalist. Yeah, with a lot of how he like talks, sings at times. Yes, at different sections. Yep. Um, and I find that to be really interesting. Yeah. And then even though, like, everybody harmonizes, I think he has just really well done harmonies. Um, yes. What what stands out to you about his, his vocals?
0: So you know what's funny? Because I was trying to think of vocal comparisons. And the one that feels weird, but, like, it kind of makes sense if you listen, is you can kind of hear some Manchester Orchestra. Um it's so weird because Manchester's a completely different band. But if you remember Andy, mm, no, doing like I, a side project, yeah. his, his breathy high voice, um, even some of the melodies chosen, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like low dynamic Manchester, um which was weird because that probably if anything only helped me like his voice more cuz i think yeah. Andy is one of the best vocalists out there um so once i thought of that comparison i was like well i guess he's one of the best vocalists like you know what i mean like you're yeah. comparing to an excellent vocalist and you're not upset about what well, you think it's a solid comparison but um i think he so here's what's so weird because um Again, and I don't want to double down on, like, again, it's being too harsh. Like, I don't want to say I've heard everything he's done. Like, it's not, it's not that specific. He is doing unique stuff. But he's not, like, trying to reinvent music with this one. He's not trying to do something really weird. Um, But I think he is really good at knowing his boundaries and staying within them while still showing range. So he shows a lot of vocal range on the album, but he never goes to like, okay, I need to like at this point, like like his high parts are either just like more of a breathy tone high part or a falsetto. He's not going to like, I'm going to start belting out a high note. Like that's not part of what he does at all on the album And I think it's probably either him just knowing that doesn't fit here or him knowing that's not where I sound the best. And so he stays within what he does best as a vocalist. But what's great is he's a very good vocalist, so there's still quite a bit of range um, to, to his vocals. My favorite vocals on the album are Glass House. I think it's a really cool vocal performance. Um, it's just very breathy, most of the song, but, um, but I love it. I think it's it's great. Um, yeah. Did you have any other thoughts on his vocals?
1: I think uh, a couple things, just responding to what you said. I think the Andy comparison, I never would have thought of that in a million years. And they're obviously very different vocalists, but I actually think like I can hear that. Yeah. like once you said it like i definitely think it's there um you can hear a little bit of his tone is like has that andy type of feel um mm-hmm. but secondly building off what you said when you were talking about um what was the other thing you said about uh his oh yeah sticking in his range or however you want to f- phrase that i think So, for genre, yeah, Henry's singer-songwriter, contemporary folk, but also, like, almost, like... Yeah, just, like, again, contemporary, like, singer-songwriter folk, I guess. Yeah. Um, He relies... some, Some folk artists, what they'll have is the instrumentals will be so... Um, minimal and the atmosphere will be so drowned out that it really lifts the voice on a pedestal and it kind of like says hey yes the music's here but it's really like just to kind of display the voice I guess you could say I think again Henry Jameson has a phenomenal voice but I don't think he uses his music in that way I think he rides the wave of the atmosphere he creates musically. Yes, yes. And so you'll have these songs, and he might not belt Wicked Loud to his highest register, yeah. But the entire song, not just his vocals, will elevate. And it's a sing, like it's a very singular movement where some folk and Mm singer-songwriter, I think the vocals and the music, they're on different, they're doing different things. Where I think for him, they're connected in a, or they relate in a different type of way in that sense.
0: It's funny, you're mentioning this, and I never thought about this comparison till now. I'm going to make a comparison to Andrew Bell Um, in the sense of I've always felt like Andrew Bell, one of the weirdest things about Andrew Bell is he writes music as if he was a band Um, that like every instrument feels like it's bringing something really unique and it all works together really well Um, where a lot of solo artists favor whatever their main instrument is. And that's the only real standout instrument where for Andrew Bell, now for him, he has amazing production, which might also be one of the similarities. Like, I think Amy yeah. Jameson stuff sounds so good. Um, yeah. But I can't, like, there's certain songs that, like, you can tell, like, okay, the acoustics, the main instrument here, or the piano is the main instrument here. But it almost sounds like a band, right? Like, oh, yeah. You can't imagine either of them touring just by themselves because their music is so ingrained. With a band um, where there are other singer songwriter and I wouldn't call Andrew Bell singer songwriter, but like there are other solo artists that feel disconnected enough that you're like, oh, yeah, you could just sit down on your piano and sing all those songs. And I'm going to like it just as much where I actually would feel a little bit let down to see Henry Jameson and not get some of those band swells and dynamics oh, yeah. that he has. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. I mean, we unfortunately we talk too much about the same artists because yeah. like we like the same stuff and yeah. but it is what it is. Yeah. It's the difference between From Indian Lakes and Joe Van, where Joey writes all the From Indian Lake stuff. He writes all yeah. the Joe Van stuff, basically. Yeah. But Joe Van, he can play those songs in an acoustic for a yeah. full tour and it's yeah. fine. Yeah. He can't. Do, I mean, I'm sure he could do that with Vermilion Lake yeah. stuff, but it doesn't hit like it hits. No. And so, I totally agree with you on on the Henry Jameson stuff. And I actually did see him play live once. Yeah. And this is actually an interesting conversation that we can get into just very quickly. Mm-hmm. Is I saw him open. Um, I forget the uh, headliner's name. Um, she, she's all right. I mean, I like her a little bit, um, but not enough to remember her names. <laughs> but um, were you
0: there mostly for Henry Jameson?
1: Oh, yeah, like okay. fully for him. But I just happened to know her as well. So I was like, yeah. oh, sick. Yeah. Um, and so he played full band, but he's opening for somebody who's like not that big. Like, you're, yeah. she's like your run of the mill, like, indie artist where it's like can sell out, or maybe not even sell out can mostly pack small venues across the u.s like doing all right um but like not like crazy henry jameson his have you seen his spotify plays? what no. i mean it's unbelievable it's in the I I don't know exactly what they are. Tens of twenties of thirties of millions for different songs. And this is where music is so has changed so much where nobody knows about Henry Jameson. Yeah. As we were briefly prepping for this, I looked up if there was an interview with him done recently. I was like, yeah, let's check, see if he's done anything. He doesn't have any recent interviews and I'm assuming that's from a lack of people caring. I haven't seen many reviews on this record and yet, He's so good, and his, his music gets so many plays. So his top yep. three songs have 84 million, 30 million, 30 million, 20 million, wow. 9 million. Like, even Witness Trees on this record has 5 million plays. Like, wow. It's supposed, like, this is supposed to be big, I feel like. He's supposed to be big, I feel like, and yet he's not. And so, yeah, I just think that's, like, such an interesting uh, dynamic with how music industry has changed, how you can get big on Spotify but not actually become a big artist. Yes. I was
0: going to mention, as far as that goes, so uh, about five years ago, I was touring with this band and um they have significant monthly listeners and Spotify plays and I mean a few of their songs are in the millions I'm pretty sure again I'd have to look that up but um uh millions of listens and uh I don't know tens of thousands of monthly listeners uh, if not Hundreds of thousands. I don't know. I'm just throwing this out. But I know that they're <laughs> like... they They're like not popular, but they're like Spotify popular. So yeah. I assumed with touring that like, oh yeah, like we're going to some fairly small venues. It's nothing crazy. Um, but they'll probably be sold out and like get like 30 people a night. It's like it was depressing and it definitely made me see how hard it is for bands to break through. Cause again, the difference of Spotify popular to like actual popularity and making someone go, yes, I'll spend 10 bucks like, or whatever, like an artist like that usually costs to get a ticket. Like it's not, it's not a lot usually, <laughs> but to make someone take a weeknight or weekend, um, to go find them. It's sad. It's a little depressing, and I think that's one of the motivations with uh, with then starting this podcast is, like, seeing that type of thing and going, like, man, it's not right. Like, these artists are making great music and it's appreciated, but maybe just in the Philippines. Or, like, I have no clue how they're getting, like, millions of listens and then
1: barely anyone knows who they are. And it's, well, it's and, crazy. And I mean, <clears throat> no. No trash talk about the Philippines if you're listening from the Philippines, you're awesome. I, I
0: didn't I think it's more just like the bus.
1: I think it's more just like for bands that are touring, let's say, in the u s like where are the u s like yes. followers yes. in terms of actually following the band yes. and it's like what's interesting is like people have Spotify playlists now where they're like, oh, I love this song. And it's like, I have no idea who it's by. I have no idea what record Mm -hmm. it's on. And it's just because you found it on this playlist. And it's like, you can sing along to it, you can vibe to it, but you have no idea who it's from or where it's from. And so for somebody like Henry Jameson, I think that's been both a blessing and a curse where he has all these listeners, and yet nobody actually knows him. And nobody... Very few people have listened to the records in full. And one thing, as as we're kind of wrapping up, one thing that's abundantly clear is, for somebody who made it big in terms of Spotify listens, and I'm sure is making some money, not a lot of money, but some money off of Spotify listeners, he's not the type of guy who's going to sell out and just make singles. He made, this is a record. Like, he makes records. And I think... This is an interesting record, somewhat similar to... I forget what record we were talking about the other day, where this is like a light um, concept record. Um, We have him talking about his middle name in the first and last tracks. Um, And he's mentioned multiple times. Like There's these threads that work their way through, and lyrically he talks a lot about doubt, about um, supernatural things, about... Um, finding people, losing people, rediscovering yeah. things, um, time passing, time flying by, discovering yourself, and so that's where um, the rec. It really is a record, it, and it is again yes. a like low key concept record. And for me, yeah. as one of my favorite parts of the record, I love the lyrics. I connect to these yes. lyrics so much. Yes.
0: Yep. Yep. I I agree. Um, so.
1: Oh yeah, you keep on.
0: Well, I was gonna say there's there's definitely some things we didn't get to touch on um, outside of that, but but I think one of the interesting things that we did touch on was actually just like the I don't know the fact that Henry Jameson needs to be much more popular than he is, and just the level of support that I feel like we can reach out with for. Um, for him to try to encourage him to keep making albums like this. I think album album making is a lost art, almost, that, like, it's not lost on us, but it's lost on so many, and so many bands have decided to not do it, and they might write a bunch of... Instead of going, like, I'm going to write an album, they're just writing songs, and they'll release a bunch of songs, and then they'll throw them on an album... But it's not actually writing an album, and it is very noticeable that this is an album. I was gonna say one of the big strengths on the album we didn't get to was track listing. Mm-hmm. I think this is really, really well track listed. Um, opener and closer. I always love a track two that's a little bit louder as well, which we have here as well. Like it's it's track listed very well.
1: Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Fully agree. Yeah, and just to build off one tiny other thing you said, I think the album cover, you mentioned it, is like so simple, but it's yeah, so well done. I love it. I, yeah. I, love it. It's, I mean, I love the font. I love the floral design in the background. Yep. I love how it's like simple and yet kind of confusing with him being upside down. You're not quite yep. sure what you're looking at. Yep. Um, so yeah, definitely loving the album artwork as I well. I can't
0: quite tell what chord that is.
1: Can't <laughs> I can't tell. not definitely ever tell what chord <laughs> that is.
0: Oh, other things. Uh, features on the album worked really mm, well. Uh, definitely. I specifically like uh, the Maisie Peters. Um yeah one that was my favorite of the features but he did a very good job um with the features on this album as well so definitely so that out. um let's quick wrap up by saying our favorite song and any other thoughts we have on the album so Nate what is your favorite track on this album
1: I want you to share first just cuz okay. this is the, the I have yeah. like a very clear favorite Yeah, and I'm just more curious what yours is Sure
0: um, Truly very hard to pick um, For a while I really like the upbeatness of fanfare um, mm-hmm. But the song That's getting stuck in my head All the time is Glass House um, mm. That chorus just Gets stuck in my head It's been stuck in my head all day um, So I'm going to pick Glass House I really love that track It's one of the shorter tracks But I think it's really
1: well, really well done How about you Nate? I, I love Glasshouse House as well and Fanfare. Um, I think Glasshouse House is interesting where it's like it does things. I think melodically you don't expect it to do. Yeah. He kind of ends in these like darker places sometimes, no. which yeah. I think is very unique. I think so. obviously uh, yeah. sometimes he'll land in the brighter spots like Fanfare or whatever. Yep. But I like how he's content being... Um, Yeah, I guess like darker, sadder, melodically. So for me, this was an easy pick. It's the one song I keep going back to, the one song that gets me pumped up every time I listen to it. I love the lyrics, love everything. I just get motivated and jacked up. Um, So there's actually this... Do you know Petey? He's this TikTok guy. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He has this Pepsi... uh, Video we gotta watch it some other okay. time. I'm not i I'm not gonna say it, but but anyway, sorry, that just came in mind. The song title is nowhere yeah. and it it's like heavy, it's loud. Say,
0: it's interesting though, because I think it's also and maybe I've misunderstood the lyrics and need to dive in. I felt like that one was more lyrically heavy. Definitely. Um, so but it's interesting because you're like gets me pumped up. But anytime I get there, I'm always, like, a little bit more like, ooh, this is, like, heavier lyrically. Um, yeah. Are you saying more just, like, instrumentally getting
1: you pumped up? Um,
0: instrumentally and, and
1: lyrically. Yeah. So, like, for instance, just, like, real quick. So, like, there are some, like, sadder aspects of the lyrics. Yeah. Definitely. Um. But I think, like, an example would be the chorus where he says... I don't want to lie, I don't want to cheat. All I know is, if it's dog eat dog, well, f it. I won't eat. Yeah. You want to I go do. there? They call it nowhere, dude. That line get the, the if it's dog eat dog, I, I won't eat. That's
0: actually the, my favorite dude. line on the album.
1: Me too. Yeah, it's and it gets me pumped because like there's this like deep. I I don't want to say like conviction, but like. He's, like, standing his ground and, like, I'm going to do what's right. And, like, I'm not going to, like, change my patterns and change my decisions to be unhealthy for the sake of, like, getting a step above others or, like, rising to the top or whatever that looks like in his own personal life. He's like, I'm not going to, like allow the system to like dictate how I live like I'm gonna do what's right and I just won't eat I'll starve I like and it's such a selfless and beautiful approach yeah. that it just gets me pumped like I'm like motivated as a person yeah like to be better when yeah. I listen to that track
0: yeah no that's a good point it's a good point but yeah I'm always like taken back by the lyrics and and not like not depressed by them but like I don't know. I'm very drawn in. I've never thought about like that being like a song to pump me up, but I was just listening to it and I was like, I feel like with a different perspective. And like I've only been listening to this album for a week, so yeah, um, it's not like I have this deep background that I can go back to. But yeah, the, I the love last, the, track.
1: Th- the last thing I'll say about the track, which is really quick, and we we honestly are like probably way over time here, and I'm sorry, but. You know, get me talking about Henry Jameson, I won't shut up. That song, actually, it feels like a, like, modern, extremely well done, like, worship track, musically.
0: You know it's funny? It the, reminds me of Fixed in the Coldplay, um, which... I'd be lying if I didn't say that worship music for about 10 years was just copying that (laughs) Or you two, like anyway. So I totally get what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that was fun talking about Henry Jameson's latest album called the years. If you have not listened to that album yet, we highly suggest that you do. So, um, it's definitely in my top 10 as of now. Who knows? We are only in May. Um, I'd actually say it's probably in my top five right now. Um, I love the album. I think you guys will as well. So check it out. Show him some love, not just with Spotify listens, not just with listening to his music, but, um, but following him on his socials and uh, and supporting him in any way possible. Um, you can also follow us on our socials. You can find us on Instagram, Instagram, and twitter at ldlpod and you can also email us at longdistancelistening at gmail.com we love hearing from you we love hearing your thoughts and perspective so keep it coming uh thank you guys so much for listening and have a great rest of your day
1: sex if you don't want a baby. Okay, well then, explain the Virgin Mary.